Welcome. You're listening to Mystic Moon Cafe Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, just depending on where you are. It's me, Wendy, with Mystic Moon Cafe Radio, and I've got the ever, ever fabulous June and and our our techie guy and favorite co-host Jake. Hey everyone. Howdy. <clears throat> yes. How's everyone's week's been? Hmm? Um, Hello. Are we talking to us? Yeah, us. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you needed the crickets play. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll have to get those. Uh, so that so that good, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about your weather down there in old Kansas City? Um, chilly, uh, with a with a bit of wind chill to it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's That'll not be... bad. It's not as bad as it has been, but it's it's not warm. <clears throat> We're gonna be pretty bad. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> next week does not sound good. Like yeah, twelve degrees. Oh, sorry. Twelve degrees here. Yes, Ooh. we don't we don't usually get below thirty. If that tells you anything. Yeah. Well, on a really cold day, it might get to 25. But yeah, yeah, we we don't um we don't usually get weather that's that cold in the winter time. So, can make sure your your, you know, gas tanks are pretty much full and uh, <sighs> yeah. <yep. laughs> All that fun stuff I used to remember in Kansas Kansas City. <laughs> it's like, "Oh god." <laughs> that the Wow, I'm getting a lot of echo on my end. Hmm. I'm still not hearing any echo at all. Okay. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Uh- <laughs> Weather. That's okay. Canada's angry and is sending its frigid temperatures our way. I think so. I think so. We're you close to Canada. Do. That's yeah. true. We're hopping to skip. <laughs> yes, and then we send it all the way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, whoosh, down whoosh. you go. Please leave us. Please yes. leave us. We have a jet stream. Please push east. Yes, yes, exactly. But uh, we're going to be having our first Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle-Tacoma meeting on Sunday, so for the year. So that'll be exciting. Going to meet at the in the Merchant's Cafe in the lower level. Yes. So that should be fun. It's part of Hopefully. the underground. <clears throat> yes, part of the Seattle underground. So it should be interesting and fun. So I wonder if we'll have to, like, uh, you know, share the space with anybody eating their lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people. <laughs> Would you like some ectoplasm with that fr- with those fries? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then Saturday, actually, we're um, Ross and I are going to go to an, a fundraiser event at the Dominion on the Dominion Tugboat. It's not on the Dominion Tugboat, but oh. it's for the Dominion Tugboat. Okay, got it. Got it. So it's in Bremerton? So, yes. So they're going to have a nice little special. Um, it's supposed to be some old, mo- an old uh, kind of uh, movies and um, uh, 1940s band. So it's going to be kind of a USO <clears throat> show with a movie and all that stuff. So. Oh, neat. That yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. So so that's that's our that's going to be our fun and those of you who don't know about the dominion tugboat it's a nice little haunted tugboat in bremerton washington that we got to investigate several times and um 
a ghost can actually boast and say that uh, we helped save it. Um, one of the stipulations was uh, if Oh, gosh, I can't remember what uh, the stipulation was. But anyway, Ross Allison and David Weatherly put it in their in their book about haunted ships and lighthouses. Which I have. Yes. <clears throat> and um, they actually kind of saved it and showed that it was you know something that people would be really interested in. So, Neat. so, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So anyway, we're going to help with the with the fundraiser and do that stuff. So very cool stuff. Very, very cool stuff. I've been busy getting texts and calls about uh, different people wanting dog sitters. So um, mm -hmm. only only one place, though, was ever felt a little off, perhaps haunted. But um, I think that's in the in the past now. And so we'll just let that one go. <laughs> well, tell me what you were oh, feeling. Wendy. Did you feel <laughs> yeah. the cold, sharp raking of the specter's claws along your back? <laughs> there was there was some unsettled feeling. Or was that lunch? And and a whole lot of those catch and movement out of the corner of your eye uh. that uh was not the dog. Really? Okay. Yes. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> so you got a little freak yeah. out <laughs> not terribly not oh, terribly nice. but because uh, i mean it wasn't like you know things were flying around the room <laughs> uh, <laughs> might have been a little clue that something might be going on yeah, that could have been yes <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> sounds like fun it, it wasn't bad <laughs> as long as the puppy was cute that's all that matters yeah he exactly. was cute but he refused to go potty outside while on a leash so what yeah yeah um it, it became real problematic it was a brand new house for them and, oh no yeah he he was pitching a fit he's protesting hmm. he was quite quite oh. stridently mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my mm -hmm. those poor babies oh. <laughs> let me tell you i got three dogs and they're not big um they're not a big fan of, um, you know, taking their walks in the rain. <laughs> oh, right, right, yes. And, and guess what Seattle has a lot of? Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> none of you dogs. A lot of rain. <laughs> uh, you've lived here, you know, long enough. It's not like you're a Southern California puppy dog here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, the little thief. Augie came through and found the bone that I had dropped earlier. Uh-huh. And he has now snuck off. <laughs> Aw. Mine, mine now. Mine. Find your keepers. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. But, um, so. Yes. For our show tonight, we are going to have two amazing, spectacular guests. Um, let me read a little bit about um, Todd Bates, and I'll read a little bit of his bio, and uh, then maybe we can bring him on and just kind of go from there. Absolutely. But um, chances are you'll find him in a mysterious abandoned home, walls yellowed by age and doors teetering precariously on their hinges. Maybe a murder occurred or perhaps a fire. Whatever the case, Todd Bates is 
on the scene for a singular task, listening for voices of the dead. So um, let me go through a lot of you know about EVP. So electronic voice phenomenon, uh, commonly referred to as EVP, are spirit voices captured on a digital or analog recording device, which our group is kind of trying to go back to the analog um, recording devices a little more too. So we can use both, see if we get more on both sides. But um, the analog recording device that were not heard with the naked ear at the time of their recording. So for Todd, collecting the specialized evidence of paranormal origin is a life calling. After years of personally investigating the mysteries of EVP and studying under a pioneering figure in the field, Sarah Estip Estip, he took his passion to the internet. <clears throat> now in its 13th year, hauntedvoices.com has quickly grown to be one of the most successful electronic voice phenomenon-based websites on the internet dedicated to research, education, and discussion. The site is also the home of to the Haunted Voices Radio. The network of live and archived programs provide audio material 24 hours a day, and Todd acts as program director and its flagship talk show host. Todd has collected some of the most impressive examples of the phenomenon available today and currently teaches his capturing techniques and paranormal investigation protocol via private and on-air lessons. So with that, let's welcome Todd on. Hey, hey, Hi, how you do? Hi, Wendy, how you doing? Oh, hey, dear, Todd. Uh, and June, it's nice yes. to meet you, Jake. Very Hi, nice, oh, nice to meet you as well, Todd. We're both uh, Illinoisans. Illinois. Oh, you're Illinoisan. Well, oh. I'm a. I've moved out west, but I am. Oh, Illinoisan. <laughs> also, did you hear, Jake, what they legalized here? Oh yeah, let me tell you. We've you know, let us know if you need some tips. We've had a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. That's true. Watch out those edibles. <laughs> yes. They sneak up on you. <laughs> yeah, those gumballs will give you a sucker punch. Oh, this poor state's doing whatever they can to get some cash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great to be here, though. Thank you very much for, for uh, having me on here. It's been a little while. Well, well absolutely. Wonderful having you with us. Absolutely wonderful. One of the, um, well, why don't we stop at the very, very, why don't we stop, as I said, why don't we start? <laughs> you know how we were talking about gumballs, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. I tell you, I think that would probably help this cough that I have right now. Maybe make it worse. I'm not sure. <laughs> but why don't we start at the very beginning, Todd? And um, what made you want to get into the paranormal? Oh, this is crazy. Yeah, that's 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 the million dollar question. Um, hmm. With this, uh, well, I, I've been a skeptic. For I don't know how long before all of this started. I, I mean, no. Uh, the only thing I believe was true was Star Wars. That's it. <laughs> uh, everything else, no, no, no ghosts, no aliens. You know, and my skepticism kind of piqued my curiosity in the whole thing. And here locally in Crawford County, there's an investigation team. There's still ongoing, one of the oldest around, uh, the Crawford County, Illinois Ghost Hunter Society. Jason Snyder uh, heads that up. And they had this ad in the paper for a haunted tour. Like, okay, it's near Halloween. This should be interesting. 
<laughs> so get together and um, go there. And one of our first stops was this old general store. And everybody uh, flew out of their vehicles and cameras are going everywhere. There's flashes and people running and, you know, just trying to get the, the I don't know what the heck they were doing out there. They were just running crazy, snapping pictures of outside the building. I'm like, oh, well, it's dark out. Oh, oh, good luck. I mm -hmm. had no idea what they were doing. Well, I was told that Jason had advised me to bring a recorder. Now, back then, they didn't have digital recorders. Mm, kind of right. myself here, but... I had an old shoebox analog recorder and a sack full of magnetic tapes. And I, being myself, I guess, just split from the group completely, walked back to this old barn that was behind the general store. And I'm in there by myself. It's quiet. And I climb on top of this old log pile, sit down, and hit the record button and just start asking questions. You know, I asked, is there anybody here? Anybody want to talk to me? Thinking I'm in a barn, you know, and that nothing's going to come through. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I didn't hear anything with my ear, nothing of that nature. Uh, went ahead with the tour, went to a few cemeteries and, you know, the old paranormal cliche things. I didn't see anything with the naked eye or hear anything with my naked ear. Mm -hmm. So I, I, get, I get home and plug the recorder. I used a, a audio patch cable. Um, plugged it into the computer, and back then there was a program that was called Cool Edit. It's Adobe Audition now. So mm -hmm. I, I hit play and run it through there. Uh, it just puts the whole thing on the computer, and I start listening to it. And, of course, you hear myself talking, nothing. You hear crickets in the background. And then out of nowhere on this tape, which I still have in a tote, <laughs> there's nice. this sound. I hear this pounding on the, on the, on the, on the floor, you know, it's like, a poof, poof, poof. and then a horse, it's like, a hmm. it, it was the, it, it just blew my mind thinking how in the world, cause it was so clear. That's how in the world did I hear it on this, but not hear it when I was sitting there. And that just, I became obsessed. I mean, I wanted to know, why? Not necessarily that that was a dead horse, okay? I, I, that just completely bypassed my mind. I right. wanted to know why I heard it there, but not, and, and it started. And I started, I got on the internet. Uh, back then it was dial-up, so it took a minute. And yeah, I started, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, talking to people, um, got into the, some forums. Some, some There was forums everywhere back then. And you could put this information in there. Some people would respond, some wouldn't. And that's where I connected with, with Sarah Estep. And she helped me. She's with the AAEVP. And she um, helped explain why that would happen, how it more than likely imprinted itself magnetically on the tape. And that's why, to this day, I still prefer analog right. recording over digital. Um, it's just, it just imprints itself. It sticks there like glue. And from then on, it just escalated. Uh, she taught me a lot of things. I learned from a lot of people in the community. Uh, back then, it was a really great community. Um, I've been away from it for a while. I haven't really checked it out. But back then, everybody worked together, knew each other, um, shared evidence. And I, wow, that's so, impressive. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty united back then. <clears throat> I wonder what happened with the paradrama to kind of uh, put a television. little more... 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> the television shows. Television. Yeah. Because everyone, everybody. everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants their own show, their own oh. evidence, their own everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the arrogance in this community is mm -hmm. unbelievable. People need to remember where they came from, right. where all this started way back when, back in right. the 50s and, and earlier. They uh, completely forget about all that, and mm -hmm. they think that they have the best capture. This is going to get them the next television show that's going to be canceled in four seasons. It's a revolving. It's that many. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, oh, it, it's all about the con appearances, people. It's all about yeah. the con appearances. It is. It is. And it's and it's sad. It it really is because it was a great community. I'd love to see it that way again. And and you know I, I I fight for it. I'm sure you guys do. The whole unity again. It's it needs to people just need to drop down a few pegs. That's all. Remember what it is and that there's problems out there and you got to tackle them. And there's legwork. You have to do it. Well, you know that's one thing I, I I say quite a bit is, you know, if if certain groups are going to this one, let's say this one house, and there's a whole bunch of different groups that investigate this one house, if all these groups came together and compared their evidence of what they have, I mean that would you know give so much credibility to so many different things if different groups got the same EVP or the same voice or the same something, <clears throat> you know. But it's like, no, this is my evidence. We can't share it. So that's one thing that, uh, you know, I would really like to see happen a little more as groups kind of sharing their evidence with each other and saying, hey, let's get together. Let's do this. Me but, too. Me know. too. And that's something that needs to be started. It was it was attempted a few times and it really didn't catch on um, is a database where all these yeah. investigators get together upload their evidence it's so simple these days mm -hmm. it's free it's fast and you could just share it and try to recreate it you know you're you're in this field you're trying to debunk everything you're not going to be so naive to where ooh, that house is haunted it looks spooky <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know there's brand new homes that are <clears throat> completely infested right <laughs> and people just drive by them or just ignore them it's the whole stigmata of the whole thing. They just mm -hmm. kind of, they, they forget about it. Get out there, do the legwork, talk to people. Don't text them, talk to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice. not hard. No Go way, door -to -door. face to face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> we went door to door. You know, you go door to door, you knock on that door, you you know, you ask somebody if there's anything that they know of anything that's happened in the area. Hey, well, old John down here down the road, he's got a uh, an old shed that he it said used to be a schoolhouse. And I'm like, what? And I went and talked to this guy and he was he was more skeptic than I was. He said, you go down to that schoolhouse and you do whatever you want in there. Um, just don't get hurt. It's old. Be careful. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you do. That's how you find these places. It's not right. you, you don't go to Google. You know, you don't <laughs> want to go to all these grounds where it's so trampled. And, and not only are you getting uh, voices from the dead, but you're getting residual uh, energy from people that have been there or you know whatever you don't know what's there what's happened if it's even legitimate so yeah, that's you true mm -hmm. have, and you got to have fun with it right and then the researcher slash archaeologist comes into play and you've got to know everything <laughs> <laughs> that's <Right>. a given <laughs> oh definitely yeah <laughs> that's a given well, 
since we were we were kind of touching a little bit on the um, the shows, the the television shows. Um, are there any shows out there that you personally enjoy? <laughs> From an entertainment perspective, of course. Well, <laughs> well, maybe even not. So, so, some that I mean, is there is there one show out there that you I mean would say this this isn't too bad this this show I could watch, or um, maybe even on YouTube. <laughs> if it's not. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, some of the YouTube channels are pretty good. And and I've I've watched those and they are they are set up very well. But as far yeah. as like mainstream, um, yeah. the only show that I did watch and found. The most credible. It was a mix of both worlds. Um, there were all kinds of different opinion, uh, different opinions. It wasn't one-sided. Uh, Paranormal State. Oh yeah. And okay. Some. I mean, people cringe when they hear the name Ryan. Yeah. Bull. I give Ryan credit because let me tell you something with that television programming. I was trapped with that once. And there's a thing. It's called a poetic license. Mm -hmm. These guys go around, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're going to put you on a five-year contract. Uh, we're going to give you whatever amount of money. Um, but if you're out in a place and something doesn't happen, kind of make it happen a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've been duped with that, and I do. Um, and every one of those shows is just for that, just like you said, June. Mm -hmm. Entertainment. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah. And if you go, um, do you remember the film White Noise when it first came out? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I went and saw that in the theater, and this is the God's honest truth. Um, I saw this at the theater here in Robinson, Illinois, and people brought notebooks. No. Really? Notebooks. <laughs> oh, my. There were people taking notes during the film. And you're like, what are you doing <laughs> Sure. This I mean, is not about... real. This is not true to life, people. Uh, <laughs> it, it may have some things, <laughs> like you yeah. got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. And and, and a shot of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, a grain of salt and some tequila. Yeah, with a little time. Those things where you know the the programming, it had a a good standing as far as raising awareness. What? Okay, it raised awareness. Um, it kind of mm -hmm. took took it down a couple notches on the taboo meter. Uh, people yeah. weren't so freaked out by it, but people are literally mocking these programs and going out there and charging this thing like they're a SWAT team. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not, you know, it's just not going to work. Right. Or you or using their ghost box or spirit box through the whole freaking investigation. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye bye. Oh, the, it's like, come on, people. <laughs> the apps they have nowadays. It's, oh, yeah. they great. You have to be in airplane mode, though. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, well, we could go. We we could go on forever. That's why I'm yeah. sitting here talking to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you guys are legitimate, and and that's it's just it's it's sad. It's sad, but yet. I can understand the fandom, you know, they're, they're getting into something. Um, they follow it like a soap opera, like I did with WWF back in the day. It, 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 <laughs> right. it, it happens. 
it happens. But it, it, real investigations are not like that. They take hours. They're extremely boring. You guys know how boring yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. We know. Get slapping. <laughs> you start saying things. You start removing clothing. Whatever you have. To <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, to go on those yourself. investigations. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it does get very warm in some of those places. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, believe me. I, I yeah, I remember we've had uh, we've had some new people in our group, and we usually have them, you know, with an investigator for about three months before they, uh, you know, can do an investigation. Kind of, you know, <clears throat> not really being watched by anybody or, or anything like that. But uh, we've had several people say, "Oh my God, this is so boring." Oh, this is so boring. I was like, you mean you don't, you're expecting like bricks and, you know, and boards being thrown at your head? <laughs> I was like, well, it's just so boring. I was like, like yeah. Here, let yeah. me accommodate you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here, take these readings. Give, give them something to do. Get them out mm -hmm. there. You know, get them off that damn folding chair and <laughs> you know, do, do some leg work. Exactly. And they're doing their nails or whatever. It's it, it, well, I'm watching the DVR. No, you're not. You're doing your nails. <laughs> you just missed the message right there. They just revealed who killed Hoffa. And you're doing your nails. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> you get like, so on. bored. Yep. Uh, that's okay. You know, I sometimes you know when I'm going through my hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of video and audio, it's like. When you get that one creepy little voice that that doesn't fit in there, and it, you know it just it all the hours just kind of melt away, and you're just like, oh my god, and then you're bit, <laughs> you are bit for for life, and just, uh, you know honestly, just, like little girl in a bar, yeah, yeah, you know a little girl in a bar at three o'clock in the morning that's right in the microphone, it's like, yep, there is no little girl in the bar at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Depending on where you live, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, one that wasn't open and working, let's just Okay. Say. <laughs> that's sad. That's sad. But, uh, but what, uh, so what made you kind of want to get into radio? Okay. So I built a website, and, and I'm, 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 I'm a loner nerd. Okay, I, I, I built this thing and created a little database on the website, uh, wrote some articles, things I've learned, experiences, uh, how to self-help things on programs and and how to go out and capture them. Um, and I kept getting contacted email. It still works um, by email to teach. Hey, can you can you, you know, show me how to do this? Can you? you know, sure, sure didn't charge a dime for these things, these, these lessons. And there were, uh, then I had to get, um, Scott, well, Skype had just kind of launched around then. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you were able to have up to four people. So I was using Skype to teach these lessons. And then there was such a demand for them because there really wasn't that much around back then. Uh, there really wasn't, it didn't have any of the YouTube stuff or anything. Um, but there was such a demand for them. I said, okay, I got to figure something out on how uh, I can teach multiple people at the same time. So that's when uh, I purchased um, 
an audio server and back they didn't have any here in the states back then they were in the uk hmm. uh, had to get that and then began broadcasting it so i would just connect the other people would connect i'd teach the lessons uh and then there was i didn't have a chat room there was a forum and of course those are a little delayed uh so they would post their questions or what have you um and then i just worked it up to where I could have people call in um, and then, you know, more people showed up and then it just kind of snowballed into a broadcast <clears throat> That's cool. where there were guests and people that had experiences. So that's how all of that started. And it's just been going that way off and on due to <clears throat> my troubles and throughout the years. Wow. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Haunted Voices Radio while we're on this subject? Well, that uh, is going to be returning soon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right now, I'm raising some funding for it. It's it's one of those things where it's a passion. And I have a tendency to get too obsessed with things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will go nonstop. Uh, I, I when that program first came out, I kid you not, I was doing a show five days a week, and wow. then, then I was doing one seven days. It was one of those things where I became quite addicted to it because there's so much out there, so much information to learn, and so many people to talk to. It's never ending. You gotta respect this community because it's job security. <laughs> we're not gonna find an answer here, <laughs> yep. so we're gonna mm-hmm. keep going and going and going. So. My problem is when I get too much, when I overdo myself, when I bite off more than I can chew, like I had a few few networks in the past, sold one, the other one I severed, cut and dry. That's what I have to do personally, and I disappear. I just disappear from um, the, the community, period. I'll go in, I'll go in hiding. I mean, I'll have a little personal Facebook or something going, but I won't interact with people. The reason being, it's not because I'm mad at them or don't like them or they're mad at me, which a lot of them are, but it's because if I talk with one person and they say, hey, uh, so-and-so just discovered that, boom, there I am, and I'm not ready for it. So I have to wait until I'm ready for it because when I start something, I do like to finish it for the most part. So that's why I'm bringing it back. I, I, I do. I miss it. I miss the people, um, the education, the fun. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that just needs to be a part of my life. And I just have to take it one little step at a time. I mean, if you guys know me enough to go back, uh, when I do the show, next thing you know, there's six, seven, eight, nine shows on there's boom now it's a network now it's a station Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it it, that's how it escalates with me and it's it's tough you know it's it's a it's a tough uh community out there there's a lot of uh, great programming like yours out there for people you know to to interact with and it's hard it's a tough market because you get buried so deep so what do you I was just going to say, so what do you think you're going to do with Haunted Voices Radio this time? Are you just going to try to keep it at one time a week or or an entire network later on? Or 
Or building another empire. <laughs> yeah. What are your What are your goals where you won't, you know, well, let it overwhelm you and consume you, basically? Well, this time, <laughs> this time I'm in a much better place. I have oh, a very, very, very supportive family. I've got awesome. a, a beautiful, beautiful woman who is behind my my side. Sherry, if you're listening, I I, I love you. She is awesome. very supportive. Uh, very supportive. Um, not one I, I've been used in the past, completely sucked dry, um, mm. kind of like had the whip crack behind you. Hey, build this, make this happen, make money doing this. I don't want to make money. I want to just maintain the show, mm-hmm. just the show, just the show for now. Mm-hmm. And I want to have fun with the show and maybe down the road. Sure. Maybe that will come up. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to look that far ahead. You guys will visit me. In the hospital. Yes, no, not so good. Stick with the one show and the website and domain. Um, the keeper of the website is uh, Dreamhost. Uh, a good friend of mine, Chris, holds that uh, that domain, so no one can take it. And it sits there. All I have to do is contact him, and boom, he turns it on. So awesome. it's it's always going to be there. Um, so I want to start with the show, just the show. Have some fun with it. Get back in the in the scene, um, catch up on what I've missed, and then maybe down the road um, something will come up. Who knows? I'm looking forward to it. Well, very cool. Well, the offer stands. I don't have to say which offer you know. But uh, <laughs> well, Wendy, <laughs> Tracy Tracy Hicks is said uh, you can do this, Todd. Oh, I love Tracy. Oh my goodness, she has she has been behind. Oh my goodness, since the beginning, Tracy's been there. God love her. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah we, yeah, we can all do this. You know, it's fun. And yes, Wendy, I oh, I know that offer. <laughs> <laughs> like Wendy, Wendy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you offer anything you want, Wendy. We're behind you. <laughs> Thank you. I knew that. That's why I love you guys so much. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm with, with the whole thing. I'm just really picky. I'm really picky. Um, I'm, I. I have my little my little quirks. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I don't know. I like the bells and whistles, um, making the sound this and creating these commercials and intros and you know I I love doing all that stuff. And you're but, so good at it. But mm-hmm. I've, you got a I've great got, voice. Thank you. I've, I've, I've got to calm down. Yeah, you know, I'm down with that. I got to get in there and just yeah. Just, just, just taking that deep breath and saying okay. One thing at a time. I don't need to do, I don't need to conquer the world today. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's the fear that's always going to be in the back of my head is going too far, too fast. Yeah. Because you, you, if you go in fast, you, you go out fast. So mm-hmm. I, I, I took this, this tip from, from a longtime friend on, you know, taking things slow. Well, if it doesn't work for me, I'm going to change it. And I don't like that. You know, everybody has their little defects. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> mine. Well, I, I want to go this fast. No, if you go this fast, it, no, I want to go this fast. I can handle it. Are you sure? Sure. <laughs> and here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that that's just a message to anybody out there. Be careful. You can't get obsessed with this. You can get very obsessed with this feel. Because yeah, it, right. as it's our, in our human nature to find the answer to figure it out to solve the puzzle this one can't be i just you know it's 
That's what makes me so mad when I hear people calling themselves experts in this field. It's like mm. there aren't any experts nope. in the field. There's experienced, lots yeah. of experience, yes. but there are no experts in this field. Because yeah. nobody's really going to know until they're dead. No, absolutely. <laughs> no one's in any rush to get it. Yeah. No one's going to be like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oops, that's in... We're, we're going to be up there. Yeah, good. Now it's my turn. So that, that's that's the fun thing. Yeah, if you hear the word expert, run. Just run yeah. quick. It's like, get oh, the hell really? out of here. <laughs> Bogus. So um, I was just wondering, too, you know, I know that you um, are consider. I mean, I was going to say, I know that you are called the king of EVPs, basically. Um, can you tell us about some memorable ones that, uh, that you've had that... Uh, you know, just kind of blew your socks off. Oh, goodness. One in particular, and, and this was uh, back when the video cameras uh, first came out. They were kind of heavy. Mm -hmm. um, this was at that the little schoolhouse. Remember where I went door to door? Oh, right. And it was a little Quaker schoolhouse um, in Annapolis that doesn't exist anymore. They had to burn it down. But... Mm. Uh, I went there religiously at least four or five times a week. Uh, I was just, I would, cause it, it was, it was close to home. I'd hop in the car, drive out there. And one night it was just, it was eerie. It just felt really thick. Um, you know, that, 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 uh, electricity in the air, your, your hair stand up while well, I'm outside of the schoolhouse pointing the camera inside. And, you know, you still had the little, you could see some little chairs and things in there. It was it, it was all beat up, but the 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 energy was in there. Mm -hmm. So I'm pointing in there, just filming, and I I didn't again I didn't hear anything with the naked ear, didn't see anything with my eye, just filming away. So I go back and I take that video camera, and 30 minutes later, that's how long it took to hook up to the television by then. Uh, you know, mm -hmm, right. This um, <laughs> hit play, watch the thing, and. You're watching, just picture the, the old window. It's just no glass, old uh, window, and this ball of light. I'm not going to call it an orb. Uh, this ball of light came out, and then I heard the words, hey, I, real loud, plain as day. And then a second ball of light came out from the other corner of the, the lower right pane, and then you hear, hey, daddy. Mm. Uh, and it, that was on video. And, of course, it captured the audio as well. And, right. of course, that, that's I still have that on VHS if it still works. Um, but that was the most memorable. The only thing I could think of at that point was it was a residual of maybe a parent picking one of their children up to walk them home or something. But why they left out the window, I, I, I don't know. Hmm, but it's just really interesting. that one came through. Um, that would be probably my most memorable one. Wow, that's probably something. But uh, well, um, can you tell us a little bit about the Sally House and your encounter there? Oh boy! Oh <laughs> goodness! Oh, that I, house! That house was hell. Uh, Wendy, uh, she she and I. Well, when I got back in town, she took me there. When I uh, when I visited. A couple years ago now, Wendy? I so, think so, yep. Yep. So it was really interesting. Very cool. 
I became very obsessed with at home. That's in that's in Atchison, Kansas. Of course, I'm here in Illinois. That's eight hours away. Mm-hmm. I was so obsessed, and I, I kid you not when I say this, I would literally get up at 2 a.m., hop in the car, drive to Kansas. I had a key to the house. Um, the the owner, uh, Les, at the time, I could come and go, uh, that kind of thing, and I became obsessed with that house. I would go there alone, or I would go there and pick up uh, a couple guys there in town that uh, used to help out. That house, um, it's evil, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's just. I I it, know a lot of people do get obsessed with it, um, to that degree that you were. That's what it feeds off of. Mm-hmm. You know the story behind it. Uh, it's 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 a long story. I mean we don't have right. that much time, but it's it's a long <laughs> story with with little Sally. Mm-hmm. But she's got a fixation with fire. She has a tendency to burn things. Um, during the investigations there, I I had. Uh, um, Tony Pickman came in for the first time in years uh, since he had been off the, the television show there they were on. Uh, Tony wanted to try it out. And, of course, I advised him not to, but he came in. And there's a video floating around on YouTube. I think it's called Sally House Attack or something, if you guys wanted to search it, okay. uh, where he, he was cut uh, right there, thin air. Um, I was coming out of Sally's room. After a session with uh, Mike, uh, the old camera guy with the, with the team, and here comes uh, Tony, just out of nowhere with this cut on his arm. Now, this may seem unethical or whatever, but I did search Tony <laughs> before. <laughs> um, I searched him and Deb. I uh, totally understand that. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, just in case mm-hmm. they were searched. Um, but with this cut, okay, it, it appeared. And then I, of course I see it. You can see a little bit on, on camera at the beginning and then I'm taking him down the stairs. And as soon as we get outside, blood just starts spewing out of this wound. Oh, it's, my about, gosh. it's about a two inch gash and it's right there on, on the video clip. Um, and he he refused to go to the hospital because he gets made fun of so much when he goes in there. They just make fun of him because he's got scars, so many scars all over him, all over the place. Well, after we got the bleeding stopped, Tony was really agitated. You know, he didn't want this thing to win. You know, he just he wanted peace. He just wanted because it, it bothered them at, at, at their at their new home as well. Mm. He just wanted peace. So he's begging you know todd let me let me go back in there and uh, tony absolutely not and then you know finally i said okay you're gonna sit in the chair in the dining room and and you go no further he says okay so he's sitting there and we had a couple cameras pointed on him and we're doing our thing in the kitchen and then lo and behold he just you know makes this you hear the chair kind of crack you know like a wooden chair when it when it moves and he pulls this thing out from underneath him from his rear end. And it's a remote control. And this remote is on fire. It is melting. It is cracking. It's smoking. Oh my. Hmm. This remote obviously wasn't on him when he came in. Mm-hmm. And a, a, a few years or so, this remote's been missing from their house. They lost it from their new house. And it appeared there. 
So that was put on the table, of course. It's cracking. And it's just really wicked stuff. But that house, it, you know, it, it, it scratches people. It burns them. But, but worst of all, these things follow you wherever you go. Hmm. When I came home, my daughter, my oldest, she was 11 or 12 at the time. And she woke up screaming one night ran into the bedroom to come in there with mom and dad because she was terrified. She saw a little girl at the end of her bed and it shut off her radio because she slept with the radio on. It shut off the radio and that woke her up and boom, there she was at the end of the bed and she described her to a T. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's just, yeah. And that gets to the point where, okay, we're calling somebody in here. So it's, you got to be careful with that house. Uh, I've, I've, Learned a lot of things from that home. Um, I can't say there was any good times. <laughs> no, I, can't, I, can't remember, oh, I can't no. any happy times from there. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> but, you you know, you, you, you learn a lot from that. It's, uh, you know, like the phantom furniture, the things moving upstairs. It sounds like somebody dropping a huge bowling ball all over the place upstairs. And there's nothing in that, or at the time, there was nothing in that home. No furniture whatsoever. You hear all these weird sounds, and um, there was some really good EVP. We, we did get to capture an EVP of we, what we think is Sally trying to blow out a candle. And you can hear the blowing noise, and then at the end, you hear her say, or whoever it was, too hard. That was like a, you know, too hard, like a, like a whisper. Hmm. So it, but the candle flickered. Um, you know, we never did any seances in there or used a Ouija in there. Um, I did a few things with static electricity and, and um, uh, mirrors, things like that in there, a little bit of scrying, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing massive that was going to stir it up. But that house is pissed. For some reason, it is pissed off. And it, it, it lays dormant for a long time. And it'll wake up. And from what I hear, they have a lot of tours going in there. Oh, somebody's yeah. somebody's going to get hurt. Mm. Even if it just someone shoves them down that staircase, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just. But with with that, you know, the the obsession again, just kept me going in there for more, going for more and more, and it was draining. People would notice a change in my personality, uh, just the way I acted, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, irrational thinking, just crazy stuff like that. Ever since I started investigating that house. And, you know, to this day, just thinking about some of the things that I saw in there that no one would believe if I told them, <laughs> but, <laughs> but some of the things I, I saw in there, they were collective. You know, there was more than one of us that, that saw the little girl standing in the center of the circle looking right at us. You know, it's those things that you take home with you. That's your experience. I can sit here and, and, and tell you the whole story, but. You know, it's up to you to believe it or not. Mm -hmm. you, you weren't there. But that, yeah, that, that house has some problems. It really does. It's it's great for learning. But I, I, I recommend somebody experienced going there. No no one knew or, or anything like that. Because you, you can get hurt pretty bad. Right. There are quite a few houses like that that, uh, you know, you hear these adventure seekers is what i call them mm -hmm. they just want to go go to places like that and you're like you don't know what you're fooling with and, and uh yeah 
believe me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I would go back, you know, if, I don't know. That would take a lot of thought if, if I would go back into that home or not. I, you know, I would like to, to see how it's changed or it, the, the remodeling or, or doing what they're doing, if that has upset them at all. Uh, the most active area, of course, is the kitchen and the basement. There's a nursery up there. Um, it, it's a little activity in there, but the the basement, uh, there's so many stories behind it. Uh, some people mm-hmm. think that that's where they put and buried Sally. Um, other people, uh, we found evidence where she was buried in a segregated cemetery there in town, and it wasn't her own grave. She was put in there with uh, other individuals because she was um, – half African-American, half white from what we found at the library. Hmm. So it's just so many different things, so many different stories and legends with it there. The townspeople, they don't like talking about it because it, it stirs things up, you know, it just, it feeds it. So what, what is one of your favorite places to investigate? Do you have a favorite place to go back to? I've got a couple uh, of course, in the in the top three, it's going to be that little schoolhouse. Okay, mm-hmm. that's where I had the, the interaction with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, another place that I really love going to, it's in Vincennes, Indiana. Um, it's 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 called the Pantheon Theater. It's an old theater. We did tours there every weekend and investigated there so much. Uh, Travis, the guy that the guy that bought it, that's where Red Skelton got his start. Oh wow! Uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, it is, it's, it's just a, a mecca for the activity because you have so many performers that have gone through there. Um, there's been tragedies uh, back then. There was a fire. Um, there uh, Again, uh, there's a segregated section where uh, the African-Americans had to sit up, way up at the top. They had to go in through a separate entryway and everything. Mm-hmm. And that place is really tense up there. But I think he... As far as I know, he shut that down due to lack of funding to get it rebuilt. But that was uh, that, that. I'd say that's probably my, my favorite place. Uh, the the, the mm-hmm. Sally House, I did enjoy it. I became obsessed with it. Uh, that 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 being the top top three, but mm. not not number one. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. The little the little schoolhouse. The little schoolhouse. I think mm-hmm. that would be my favorite. That's pretty cool. But, uh, um, well, are you into any other uh, kind of paranormal paranormal mm-hmm. things like the cryptids and UFOs and things like that? You bet. You I was bet. Like, you, <laughs> you name it, I'm obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> UFOs, I've talked to a lot of, of so many people in the field with that, that, that are just so knowledgeable about, uh, you know, UFOs, um, psychic kids. I love those. The star, star indigo kids. Um, the cryptids, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, you name it, Loch Ness, uh, all, all those things. And I, I wanted to get more involved with cryptozoology. Mm-hmm. UFOs, that's, that's iffy. I mean, I know they're out there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, right, right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're out there. But to get to some of these places like uh, Area 51 or uh, the, the closest one here 
And this one really woke me up when it comes to researching UFOs. It's called Lucky Point. It's in Monroe City, Indiana. And it's, 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 it's a base. It's an active base. But you go up there. They immediately – these guys come out. They look at your license plate. Uh, you know, we're sitting there freaking out. We're going to – you know, men in black are here. <laughs> but you sit there, and, and there's runways. There's, there's all kinds of stuff they have there, and it's out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Those places I, I, like to, I like to check out. Or right. <laughs> drive way out in a rural area, which is why I love this, this area I'm in now. It's very rural. You just look up. Uh, when, I, when I lived in Florida, I saw quite a few sightings down there uh, on the beach because I, I would only go to the beach at night. I wouldn't go there during the day. It was just too hot. But I went at night, and you see so many things. Those aren't planes. You know, you just can't – you can't explain them. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get into all that stuff, um, astral projection, out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, all those things, just anything that has to do with the unexplained. Right. I love learning about it. Yep, I understand that. Then you, um, are you familiar with David Weatherly? Yeah. Yes, I was going to say he is our next guest on. Yes, I am. David's a good guy. Oh, my he God. really is. Yes, <laughs> he's a walking encyclopedia. Yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he really is. It's awesome. <laughs> well, you being further up north there. Um, Look, look up Dogman. Go, go up and, and check out Dogman and like the Beast of Bray Road and all of those fun, oh, yeah. fun critters. I want a Dogman yeah, puppy. A Dogman <laughs> puppy. <laughs> I've heard of the, the Beast of Bray Road. Uh, Linda mm-hmm. Godfrey wrote a book on that, if I'm, yeah. if I remember. Several now. Yes. Yeah, she's, several now. She's awesome. Yep. I just uh, love her. Dogman. What's this Dogman about? <laughs> it's it's slightly off from uh from werewolf um so it's like a it's it's like a like a werewolf had sex with a poodle kind of thing <laughs> possibly possibly well they're um they're kind of associated with uh guardians um of like uh the the native american indians that are sacred sites and things like that and mm. um yeah, and I, it's just like it's a little bit off to the left of werewolf, but um, it's just it's really really intriguing. Wow. So do they do they turn completely into dogs, or do they are they I, kind of like where they're, they're on a hybrid kind I, of? Okay. Uh, I don't mid-point. believe they're actual wares because I um because I don't think they turn into people, or I don't think they're people from the get go. So okay. is it like a hellhound kind of thing? No, it's similar, yes. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Cerberus yeah. returns. Yeah. Without his other heads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta, it's kind I of like a canid, yeah, canine <laughs> hominid. I don't know if that's the okay. hominid. No, that makes sense. That makes sense, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I... big, big dog runs around on two legs, you know, um, scaring the crap out of people, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but as far dog. as we know, not eating anyone. Which is kind of a bummer. Oh, just so, like looking at people in windows and making people scream. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so you need cool. something to clean up the roadkill, right? <laughs> exactly. That's probably it. Yeah. I mean, they're all the in dog, Wisconsin man. and like Michigan and stuff. So you got some deer roadkill. You got some coon roadkill. You know. Yeah. yeah. 
Here, yeah, here where I'm at, at the roadkill doesn't stay on the road long enough. People, that's supper. They pick oh, it up. Oh, I was, I, mm, I was going to say I know Crawford County's like southern Illinois, but I wasn't going to call it southern. Okay. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that's dinner. So what about some of your books, um, Todd? I was going to say, talk about some of your books and how people can get in touch with you or listen to you or whatever they'd like to Whatever they'd like to do to you, I wasn't going to say that. Like, <laughs> Sorry. The book's, the book's work in progress. I'm no author. I'm an audio guy. I was thinking so that, that you had written a book. Why did I think that? Maybe. Be, well, because it's it's coming. Okay. <laughs> it's, Maybe I'm just psychic today. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've, June, got, June, I've got half, half of the first chapter. Yeah, psycho. <laughs> yeah, I'm just psycho today. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I'm hoping, you know, funding, funding permitting, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to raise what I can to get the show back. Um, you know, as far as some equipment and things like that, I, I don't have the equipment any longer, unfortunately. So I'm starting from scratch. So if, if uh, any of your listeners are, are interested, um, they can, they can find, you know, the link to that, um, on my, uh, the Facebook fan page, just, just facebook.com slash haunted voices. Just search haunted voices on Facebook. You'll see the links there. And we uh, also website. dropped three links in our chat and it's on our Thank webpage. You, yes. Thank you so Very much, nice. Jake. I really appreciate that. And, and guys, you know, you don't have to donate cash. Okay. That's, that's not, that's not what it's all about. Uh, just support it. You can scroll all the way down to the bottom. Just click support. It's that simple. Just support it. Um, you know, get some word of mouth going that we're, we're trying to get this back for the people. It's not something, you know, I'm going to make millions out of here. This is something that, you know, we, we just want back. It feeds your soul. Yeah. It's like, it just feeds your soul. And the website will be around soon. I'll have to do some updates to it and things. Um, so it's going to be a little while. That'll be hauntedvoices.com eventually. Right now it's camped. <laughs> but, uh, if you wanted to contact me, you can do so through uh, Facebook. Um, my my general email it's a catch-all email uh, first name last name at gmail.com todd bates at gmail.com um i'm i'm very humbled i was the third person to have a gmail account back in the day wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but that email todd bates at gmail.com if you wanted to get in touch or have any questions i'd be be happy to help that's awesome wonderful well, i'm glad that we could be kind of your your stepping stone to getting back into a uh, relaunch yeah a little re tiny relaunch with with us i wouldn't want it any other way <laughs> it's awesome Definitely. you guys were fantastic thank you so much for everything well thank oh, no, no. you thank, well, thank you. you for being yeah. on mm -hmm. and keep us updated to the the relaunch of the radio station yes, everything please. like that because we'd love to have mm -hmm. you back on and talk about your first uh you know week or two's programming Exactly. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. Give my best to David too. Oh, sure will. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome to hang out and talk to him. Uh, say hey if you want to. Um, well, it's up I to would. you entirely. Uh, I'm old and I have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, these you kids are out on the West Coast. I was gonna I say, do. you know, you could have said it's like, yeah, I've been swigging the whiskey in between and. <laughs> Yeah, it's starting to take effect. <laughs> <laughs>
But you guys have been amazing. I love what you do. Uh, my, my goodness, Wendy, I've, I've known you forever. Thank you so yep. much for, for, you know, the, the, the invitation on here. It was great meeting you, June and Jake. My Thank goodness. I, I, I can't wait to talk to you again. <laughs> That's awesome. wonderful. Awesome. All righty then. Well, have a good night and thank uh, you so much time. for coming on. You're welcome. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Same to you. Night. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Um, yep. And uh, why don't I read about David Weatherly if you guys want to hopefully get him on? Oh, you probably want me to use the right um, number, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you know. (laughs) Okay, well, I will read about David Weatherly. He is a renaissance man of the strange and supernatural. He has traveled the world in pursuit of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, magic, and more. From the specters of dusty castles to remote haunted islands, from ancient sites to modern mysteries, he has journeyed to the most unusual places on the globe seeking the unknown. David became fascinated with the paranormal at a young age. Ghost stories and accounts of weird creatures and UFOs led him to discover many of his early influences. Writers such as John Keel, Jacques Vallée, Hans Holzer, and others set him on course to spend his life exploring and investigating the unexplained. Throughout his life, he's also delved into shamanic and magical traditions from around the world, spending time with elders from numerous cultures in Europe, the Americas, Africa, and Asia. He has studied with Taoist masters in China, Tibetan lamas, and other mystics from the Far East. He's picked up knowledge from African and Native American tribal elders and sat around fires with shaman from countless other traditions. Is our I was gonna say is David joining us yet? I I'll keep on reading. <laughs> I'll just keep on reading. Along his path, so throughout his life, he's also delved into shamanic. Oh, I already read that. Sorry, it's my <laughs> my senility. It's the whiskey, June. Give me a minute. It's the I'm whiskey. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, I've got a go a different way to connect with David here. No, so keep reading. Okay. I'll keep reading. I'll keep reading. Okay. Well, if you get tired, June, I can read, too. Oh, why don't you go ahead and read? Because I need to take a drink. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> I will go down to this section of it. So, David has investigated and written about a diverse range of topics, including hauntings, cryptozoology, ufology, ancient mysteries, shamanism, magic, and psychic phenomena. In 2012, David founded the independent media and publishing company Leprechaun Productions. He has been a featured speaker at conferences around the world and has lectured at, for counsel, if I could talk, countless paranormal UFO and spiritual groups. He is a frequent guest on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, Darkness Radio, and other radio programs. David has also appeared on numerous television shows, including Ancient Aliens, Mysteries at the National Parks, and Beyond Belief. David's books include Strange Intruders, Black-Eyed Children, the Woodknock series, and the Haunted series, which I have most of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lives out in Nevada, <clears throat> I believe now. Yes. Which could be a good segue because I wanted to talk about his book, Silver State Monsters, Cryptids and Legends of Nevada. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I have like all of his books. They're sitting here on my de- desk except nice. for Haunted 
uh, Ships and Lighthouses, which is still on my shelf right in front of me. I forgot to pull it off, but I got the others. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if we're still working, I can talk about some of his books that he's got here. So the one that I'm most excited about is the continuation of the Haunted series. So you heard me talk about Haunted Ships and Lighthouses, which I'm a big fan growing up on the Great Lakes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. of these and it's a great book i, mm-hmm. I have to say it. i think it's one of my favorite books actually yeah. i really like that I one a lot i just mm-hmm. can't get enough of ships and light houses i don't know what it is i mean considering the interior of the the country sounds like we've got david on hey welcome david hello how are you oh really great how Hi. are you doing <laughs> i'm good well that's good <laughs> like that <laughs> evil little laugh there <laughs> I was just starting to wonder about you guys. So. You're wondering about us? I mean, how weird we are? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we were on at eight. So I was just check, just uh, about to check with you. Oh yes, we we we. I was gonna say yes. It is eight, isn't it? Yeah, it's eight Pacific. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, just no. wait. Is Nevada on Pacific time? I always screw this up because Arizona and Idaho yeah, are not. It is. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that cutoff line right there. What's well, a weird Just cutoff crazy. line with those states? Yeah, it's very strange. But anyway, welcome, David. We're so glad that you're with us, and thanks for taking time. I know you've been really busy lately. I'm always busy, but it's yes. uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so, what have you been doing lately? We'll just kind of do a, a segue to that, or anything you can re- reveal to us, anyway. Uh, well, traveling, I just got a, a new book out uh, that is probably going to hit Amazon within the week. Oh, uh, what, 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 what? Monsters, Monsters of the Last Frontier, it's Cryptids of Alaska. Oh, oh really? Wow. This one snick, snuck up on us. I hadn't even heard you were working on it. <laughs> yeah, so that one will be out. Uh, I'm just waiting to approve the, the hard copy proof any day now and, and within a couple of days after that it should be up and available yeah. it has another beautiful cover by Sam Sheeran and mm-hmm. it follows the format of my other uh, books I've done in the state series because I've already done one on Nevada and uh-huh. I've done Arizona uh, mm-hmm. so I decided to tackle Alaska after after having spent some time up there the last couple of years and it's, uh, it's I think it's a good one, there's some pretty cool legends up there Okay. Can you reveal any? Yeah, that, can uh, you tell us? <laughs> can you tell us some cryptids that may be in there? Oh, sure. I, there, wow, there's tons of stuff in Alaska, and and actually the challenge with this one was kind of cutting uh, it down, distilling it down so it was concise, <laughs> uh, oh, but wow. you know, um, also covered everything. For instance, there's an incredible number of Sasquatch sightings in mm-hmm. Alaska, uh, in in all parts of the state, and a lot of people don't realize that or necessarily think about it you know because they think ah oh, it's just in the pacific northwest or you know right. scattered about other locations but mm-hmm. uh wow the the <clears throat> the state of alaska is just uh, such a rich gold mine of these encounters and then of course there are a wide range of other cryptids uh, that are reported up there uh, thunderbirds mm. and massive oh, yeah. uh, right. birds that people report seeing in the skies uh, as you would suspect, there are a lot of water monsters mm-hmm. uh, reputed to be in Alaska simply because there's, even beyond the snow and ice, there's just so much water in the state, a lot of lakes. Uh, one of the most famous, of course, is what's called the Lake Iliamna monster. 
And stories of this creature go way, way back to First Nations tribes and all the way up into modern times. And and there are frequently, you know, each year there are frequent sightings of this creature. Now, Lake Iliamna is pretty fascinating because it's a very, very large body of water, but it's somewhat uh, inaccessible part of the year. And, And a lot of times people end up going to the lake they go by a float plane and you know they they land in because it is a, an area that's popular for hunting and fishing uh, and outdoorsmen so in the midst of that we get all of these uh, various sightings of this creature in the water that uh, it's a real variety of how people describe it it seems to be just my personal opinion it, it seems to be that it might be some type of giant fish you know it could be a sturgeon or it could be something mm-hmm. along those lines uh the show if you're familiar <clears throat> with the show river monsters mm-hmm. uh, jeremy right. wade mm-hmm. went up yeah. there and, and investigated awesome. uh lake Iliana. and he seemed to sort of come to that conclusion that it was probably a, a sturgeon or something but you know it's still fascinating you get all these just different crazy stories about people that have encountered this thing and there are, are legends that you know you shouldn't go out on the a lake in a canoe and shouldn't do all these different things uh, that come from the early people that lived in the region mm-hmm. so it's a uh, pretty fascinating fascinating topic it sounds like it okay. jake what were you going to ask about your oh yeah so i mean I, I was when you're talking about thunderbirds and all that stuff i mean i've read about thunderbirds so i've got your books here copper state monsters and silver state monsters and you talk about the giant flying birds quite a bit uh, Mm -hmm. in both books. And I was just, one of the things I'm always curious about from state to state, I kind of get Nevada and, and Arizona because it's the desert Southwest, but what are, are there any like big changes in the legends of Thunderbirds from state to state? I mean, this is a big shift in geography and regions and cultures, but the big differences between uh, it could be any real cryptid besides the Thunderbirds between these regions. Yeah, so, well, Thunderbirds is actually uh, kind of a good example. First of all, you know, Thunderbirds is one of those uh, topics that in cryptozoology, uh, I say that it's one of these things that's just, it, it's fascinating, as, and at the same time, it's kind of annoying because <laughs> <laughs> there are just enough of these sightings that we can't completely dismiss it. Uh, you know, there are occasionally these sort of one-off cryptids that pop up. You know, somebody reports seeing uh, oh, one of the you know, Batsquatch, you know, a Sasquatch. <laughs> right, uh, right. We know Batsquatch very well here. Yes. There's a few others that, that, you know, here and there that uh, they sort of they pop up. There's a, a, a sighting or maybe a small handful of sightings, and then they're gone, and there's just nothing else. Sometimes that leaves a very fascinating legacy. Uh, a, a great example of that, one of my favorites, is the Loveland Frogman in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's, these are sort of a, a very isolated thing. But then you get these other creatures, of course, that we have very frequent reports of. And Sasquatch is obviously the best example for that, various, various water monsters. And then sort of in between is this area where there are a few cryptids that fall in these categories that say, well, you know, this probably doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense uh, because there aren't a lot of sightings of these. And you would think that there was a gigantic 
you know, Eagle or, or Petrosol or something like mm-hmm. that, um, you know, flying through the skies, then we would, there would be a lot more sightings. Right. But mm-hmm. What happens is that, that there are just enough of these things that make it sort of nag at people who are interested in these fascinating topics. And with Thunderbirds, uh, what happens is that they seem to sort of crop up and there'll be a, a few sightings and they'll go away for a while and then somewhere else, you know, in the country or, or whatnot, they'll crop up again. And the common theme amongst these is that frequently there's a strong tie-in to uh, Native American lore of the region. Now, there are a lot of commonalities when you track various cultural perceptions of some of these creatures uh, like the Thunderbird. So, you know, the Thunderbird legend, it's been a lot of different places in North America, and it often connects to the, the regional or the local tribal peoples uh, in the sense that it, it works into their mythology as a being of uh, a certain type of power. Some of the most common things are okay, it can control the, the storms, uh, the, the beating of its wings sounds like thunder. It can wow. uh, you know, shoot lightning bolts from its mm-hmm. eyes sometimes. <laughs> wow. it, uh, you know, the, the flapping of the wings causes the winds and mm-hmm. things like this. And then equally sometimes it's seen as being a very powerful totem. Sometimes it's sort of on the dangerous side. Sometimes it's on the side that, well, maybe somebody can have, you know, uh, Thunderbird power, you know, have, have that spirit with them, and it'd be a really positive thing. So what's fascinating is that, again, you find the sort of mythology of these creatures all over and different tribal nations basically talk about them in a very similar way. Now, sometimes we get this sort of blend where they're talking about a creature that they consider an inherent part of their their lore and their traditions, but sometimes they'll say, no, this was a physical creature. and that's where it gets very difficult for modern investigators to look at this and say, all right, well, exactly, you know, what are they talking about here? Because a, a lot of people just dismiss this and say, no, it's all just folklore or superstition or whatever. But right. uh, you really have to listen to, to the Native elders, and there are ways to uh, ask the proper questions and to start to determine, okay, you know, what exactly are you talking about? You know, you're talking about something that, exist in the physical or only in the spiritual or, or oftentimes it's both because the lines are not the same for them as it is for uh, a lot of western people right mm-hmm. now um i'd always heard of the thunderbirds down in uh more in the, in the southwest of the united states and uh i want to say nez Perce were pretty well known for writing about them and and that I didn't realize they were so common, or I'm not going to say common, but you know they were they were known throughout the states. Apparently, that's that's different to me. Oh, sure, there's various locations around mm-hmm. the country. I mean, the most famous story, of course, comes out of Arizona, right? And it's linked to uh, a really interesting cryptozoological mystery. So <clears throat> there is a, a mystery called the Thunderbird photograph. And the story behind this is that in uh, the 60s or 70s, a photograph purportedly appeared in one of the popular men's magazines at the time. That's the most common assertion that that's where it appeared. And the photograph depicted a uh, 
prehistoric creature, essentially, right. that had been it shot looks down. like a pterodactyl. Or... Uh, right. It had been shot down by these uh, cowboys, and they had it pinned up on the side of a barn, and they, they posed for a picture with it. Yep. And I've... the fascinating thing about this is that the, the Thunderbird photograph, and I, I write about this extensively in the Copper State Monsters book, uh, Thunderbird photograph became sort of connected to a legend that came out of Tombstone, Arizona, that was published in a newspaper of the period in the 1800s that mentioned some cowboys having an encounter with this, you know, flying dinosaur, essentially. So we all know now, in retrospect, of course, that the papers of that period were often very creative with how they reported the news. Uh, Not too different with CNN today, but, uh, (laughs) you know, this whole idea of fake news, I mean, that was the thing back then because they wanted to be entertaining. So it was, uh, you know, on the one hand, a, a report about, you know, the value of uh, wheat crops that month. And then the, the next column is telling you that these cowboys, oh, yeah, they shot down, a, you know, they shot at a Thunderbird uh, in the sky. So we really have to kind of discern, all right, where are they completely um, – telling the truth where are they stretching the truth or, or where are they completely fabricating something and, and the lines often uh, blurred very easily between you know the various degrees so usually what would happen is a story like that it would appear one time it would get uh, sometimes uh, reprinted in a lot of different papers around the country because they all shared stories and then it would go away and that's sort of the case with the initial Thunderbird story but in later years it really got tied into this whole lore about these Thunderbirds that purportedly have been seen in Tombstone and uh, and in the mountains around Tombstone. And then in, in later times, we get this whole uh, thing about this Thunderbird photograph. Now, the fascinating thing about that is that so many people, so many cryptozoologists and so many other people, distinctly remember seeing this photograph and I count myself among that number um, I, I can remember a uh, and in my memory it appeared in one of these men's magazines and for, for people who don't know what I'm talking about this is these aren't really they're not girly magazines like Playboy this is a, a <laughs> thing that in the between the over oh, the 50s and the 70s uh, there were there was this amazing glut of these magazines that came out and they were all geared towards uh, like men's adventure and that you know okay. the titles oh. were like men's Ad- mm-hmm. men's adventure true story yeah they they were they really were sort of a reinvention of the pulse uh, they were magazine format and they were very uh, you know lurid and somewhat uh, <laughs> you know risque at times but they would typically include you know some kind of uh, you know they would try to have some sexual uh, innuendo in some of the stories and then they would also throw in you know like war stories uh western stories and all these different types of things that appealed to the market at the time and i can't there's no telling how many of these titles were published during that period uh, the most popular ones sort of evolved and uh matured a little bit they became uh, for instance argosy survived for a long time uh, True Magazine and Saga. Now, those three are interesting because all three of those, you can look back at old articles in those, and you frequently saw pieces about UFOs, 
various cryptid creatures, uh, haunted locations. There's a lot of people like uh, John Keel, who was a big influence on me. He wrote for some of these magazines back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. So they were publishing stories that, you know, were more factual and targeting, you know, they would do fiction stories, but they were trying to target other uh, other sort of uh, subcultures or whatever you want to call it, too, at the same time. So somewhere in the midst of this, uh, this Thunderbird story, uh, or the Thunderbird picture, was reportedly printed in one of these magazines. And I have a very distinct memory of seeing the photograph. Uh, John Keel, Ivan Sanderson, and those are, are very well-known cryptozoologists. They had memories of seeing the photograph. But then it gets even more complicated because there are things like uh, there are people who remember Ivan Sanderson showing this photograph on a Canadian television program. And when people go to trace this down, which I, you know, people have spent a lot of time trying to track this thing down. Uh, so when when people sort of got that lead and started chasing it down, they went to someone went to the archives for this uh, show in Canada. It was a very popular uh, television show that was broadcast for quite a number of years. And wouldn't you know, a chunk of episodes is missing out of the archives, and it's right mm-hmm. when that <laughs> when that episode would have appeared. So the weird thing is, we get sort of a Mandela effect going on where people distinctly remember this, but then other people say no, it didn't. You know, I could have sworn. Really I could have sworn that I've seen that picture. <laughs> That's really <laughs> strange. You know, in my head, I was. I actually am picturing this in my head right now. So, that's really interesting. <laughs> I thought for no, sure I'd seen it. No, there's a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people. If you go online, of course, it's in ensuing years, it's been recreated. Oh, okay. And of course, the the modern era of of hoax uh, oh, yeah. photographs. Mm-hmm. We've had people who have, you know, photoshopped. You know, there's one out there with Civil War soldiers with a Thunderbird and and all these different things and. Uh, it just muddies the waters all the more. But uh, to date, no one has been able to locate the actual magazine or publication mm-hmm. and ha- and have it in their hands and say, here's that photograph. How so. interesting. Well, that is interesting. <laughs> it makes <laughs> you wonder, I wonder if I can find that now. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's a great challenge. Let me know. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> Oh my! So um, let's see. What else was I going to ask? I had a whole series of questions. Oh, well, Go ahead, I can jump in because <laughs> we're on the subjects of cryptids, cryptids. But I will eventually shift this to ghosts and the haunted series. But for right now, my big question is: me being a big fan of sea creatures and mm-hmm. lake monsters, um, does Alaska, since this is the upcoming book, do they have anything like a Nessie? I mean. In the Nevada cryptid book, you talked about the Tahoe Tessie. But when it comes to Alaska (laughs) with all those massive lakes, all that ocean right there, does it have a standout sea monster, sea creature that you haven't really heard about somewhere else before without giving too much of the book away? Um, Well, without... I mean, I talked about Lake Iliamna a mm-hmm. little bit, and that certainly is Alaska's most famous uh, water monster, I think, uh, simply because there have been so many sightings and it's been talked about a, a very long time. Uh, there's a few others that are sort of in that range. There's um, 
there's what's called the Kodiak dinosaur, mm-hmm. and uh, that can be found in the book too. It's a, a report from 1969, mm-hmm. and there's only a couple of port reports about that. The fascinating thing about that is that one, uh, in physical appearance, it seemed to look very similar to how people commonly think Nessie appears. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's this whole idea that Nessie is a, a prehistoric survivor with this long neck, you know, plesiosaur. Um, and you sort of get this similar thing with the Kodiak dinosaur. And what was fascinating about this is that uh, it was caught on a uh, printout that came from a uh, trawler that was looking for shrimp. And uh, they were running a device called a Simran mm-hmm. that gives these readouts um, of what's below the surface. And they caught this thing. And mm. uh, that, that was pretty fascinating. They had, uh, you know, the sonar readout, readout that seemed to show some kind of unusual creature. Uh, Ivan Sanderson, I keep bringing him up today. Ivan Sanderson was actually involved in that case because he, he actually uh, went and he talked to the Simrad Corporation. He tried to get some solid, you know, uh, commitment from somebody saying what, you know, defining what it was or, or trying to discredit it or debunk it and uh, didn't really happen so that was kind of fascinating even though it's a small number of sightings mm-hmm. uh, it, it compares to Loch Ness in the sense that you know there seems to be some interesting evidence and uh, the appearance looks the same Lake Iliamna compares to Loch Ness in the sense that there are just there have been so many sightings in that lake of something there's, there's definitely something in there, even if it's just some kind of massive uh, fish that we haven't, you know, fully discovered yet or something. Okay. And then the right. other thing I would be curious about is, because this is my favorite sea creature, any giant squid kraken, giant octopus legends up there? I mean, it sounds perfect with all the cro- oh, uh, the trawlers love, and stuff, right? I love right? those stories, too. <laughs> yeah, I know it does. I, I, I love those stories, too, but not really. Oh wow! Not really, um, you you would kind of expect it, but uh, you know, uh, other than a couple of uh, one-off accounts, there's nothing of uh, that repeats itself up there in terms mm. of that kind of creature. No. Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you can well, get there's little... plenty of them around. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I think Baja California is the last report I read about some giant crack and like tearing apart a fishing boat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, since they discovered, uh, verified the existence of a giant squid, you know, that's a whole new world of uh, things that we can look at now. Because, I, you know, for me, uh, people are always asking, you know, about these various cryptids and everything and uh you know well, why haven't we found more of them and, and you know blah 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 and i always right. point to uh, the ocean itself i mean there, there's some people who say that we know more about the surface of the moon than we do the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. and you know they're constantly mm-hmm. finding new species as technology develops and we're able to go deeper and deeper into the water uh, more and more of these unusual and fascinating creatures are discovered and some of them certainly reflect you know old reports uh that 
people were describing, you know, sea monsters. Well, you know, the, the Kraken is a great example because, you know, I, for how many decades, you know, people insisted there was no such thing as a giant squid. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we found one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And probably use the same arguments, too. Well, well how come we haven't found one? How, how come we found, found a dead one? You know? Yeah, and then true. now we have. That's <laughs> true. But I'm thinking at the depth that these creatures usually swim at, you know, you're yeah. going to have a whale chew them up. <laughs> Sharks might eat a carcass, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a phenomenon in, uh, in cryptozoology. We have uh, the term globster. Hmm. And Globster essentially is this sort of catchphrase that was created to designate these masses of organic material that mm. are found occasionally washed up on the beach. And they aren't always identified. Uh, you know, mm. the, the, uh, the various elements, the various things that happen to something that dies in the ocean that's very large size. Uh, whether predators or, or scavengers are picking at it, and then the you know, the water and everything else that uh, helps create the breakdown of the material, it suddenly washes up on a beach, and it does look like something out of a you know a B movie or something. Except <laughs> yeah. Something that's laying there, and you're wondering if it's going to start breathing and, and you know, snaring people or something, or just explode. Uh, but these, yeah, they're just explode. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Which, you know that could happen too. But uh, David, I mean, you have led such amazing adventures in your life. I mean, some of the places you've been. Um, what, what are are what are some places or just one place that you think is just the most amazing mystical place that you've been to? Oh wow! Uh, like all around adventures. For that. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet, I bet so. Yeah. Um, you talking in terms of, of just like the energy and the, the yeah. level of how intriguing it, it was. Uh, if you mean yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah, something uh, that's just taking your breath away when you've gone to it and just like wow, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, again, there's actually a lot of answers to that. Uh, Easter Island certainly is, is going to be oh, wow. near the top there somewhere, uh, just because it is, um. It's 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 amazing in a completely different way. Uh, there is, um, you know, of course, all the moai all over the island. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then you've got the other aspects that come into play. It's 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 an incredibly remote island. Uh, it's it's one of the most remote inhabited islands on the planet. Uh, there's some dispute about which one is is actually the most remote inhabited island. Uh, but that's a lot of people count that as being the one. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you've got here's uh, all this evidence of this ancient culture that you know they they thought and viewed thought about and viewed the world in such a unique way, in such a different way. And to be out there in one of those remote areas where there are these these moai that you're standing looking up at, you know, and just trying to you know, just, just feeling that and trying to put yourself in this position of uh, wondering, you know, what exactly 
were they doing? What were they creating right. here? You know, mm-hmm. what's what's this? You know, what's the real power here? Well, you know, what what exactly was happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so David, we share this in common. I've been to Easter Island, and yeah. what I think is really interesting about it is you hear about the savagery with like the twelve different tribes and stuff like that. I think that mm-hmm. was the number of it, but I think it's a perfect example of ecocide because the, the civilization there didn't last very long. I think it was like 300 years before the Spanish really took it over. Right. That, so all this happened between like 15-something and 18-something. And mm. it's just interesting to see how it all collapsed, mainly because of the environmental situations uh, on the island. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting too. I mean, I don't how, – how long did you say? About 300 years. They said they could prove... No, you. Oh, sorry. You. What's that? How long did you say? Wow. <laughs> that's wow, that's a great track record. Uh. Yeah. Oh, when did I go how and how long did I stay? Yes. Oh, I how didn't hear so. you on the island? Yeah. Oh, I was there for a long weekend. It was about four days. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what was interesting for me was that um, I stayed uh, about 10 days and... <laughs> you know, Easter Island is one of these places that it's on a lot of people's tourist bucket list, right? Mm-hmm. And you can only uh, you can only get there by flying out of Santiago, which is a great city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they have these uh, regular flights that go to the island, and you know, it's it's a smaller plane. And I'll never forget, you know, when I was going to the island, uh, there's this guy on the plane, and he was the epitome of, of everything that's bad about American tourism. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. And he was going to Easter Island. <laughs> he's standing up, and he's hollering, and he's, talk, you know, he's just talking in this really loud voice. You know, he's got like a basketball shirt on or something. It's just all <laughs> this, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And I get on the island and, and get away from this guy. Well, not really. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, the, the community there is always so big, you know, and there's all these, you know, only so many restaurants and, and you know I'm sitting in this uh, restaurant um, and this you know here comes this guy you can hear him coming a block away oh, you know? God. Mm-hmm. he rolls up and he invites himself to sit down with this couple that was sitting <laughs> close to me and uh, <laughs> he immediately pulls out his phone and he's talking about you know where he's been you know, and uh, here, here's this, here's that, and you know, here, here you can look at my 600 pictures I just took, you know. And, oh, God. And, uh, you know, he, he's hollering over at me. He says, you need to move over here, you know, all the Americans over here. And, <laughs> I, I just looked at him, and I said, I, I'm not from America. I'm from Texas. And <laughs> he, he looked very puzzled and didn't know how to deal with that, and he, he proceeded to uh, complain about getting the basketball game on, on a television. Oh, now, <laughs> other than just telling a funny story, the reason I bring this up is because there's this thing that happens on Easter Island, and it's that these planes come over and they drop these people, like this guy and, and other normal tourists, off for the weekend. And these people get there and they they go through this mad rush to see the keys. You know, the, I, I got to see this. I got to take a picture of this and that and this. You know, they're there for a couple of days and they leave. So after, you know, after being there, after this wave of people left, uh, the 
people working in the, the restaurants and the various you know, places like this, you know, coffee or food or whatever, they're, they're kind of looking at me like, basically like, what are you doing? Why are you still here? <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> some of the other crop of tourists, you know, shouldn't you have left? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't travel like a typical tourist. So, you know, the whole point was I, I really, you know, for the first day or two really just kind of stayed in the village and just kind of got my bearings and talked to people and kept doing that the whole time I was there. So then after, you know, people realized, oh, this guy's just acting a bit different. You know, he's not worried about seeing the, the basketball game or doing this or doing <laughs> yeah. that. Then they started to open up a little bit more. You start to connect somewhat with the locals, you know, and they, mm -hmm. they start to question, you know. Well, what exactly, you know, why are you staying here so long? There's not that much to see, you know. <laughs> what, yeah. <laughs> what is it you're doing? And then you start to hear these other interesting things, you know. So uh, there are a lot of uh, UFO sightings that occur out around oh, wow. Easter Island. Mm -hmm. uh, that's now, that's understandable once you go there and see how clear the skies are and how remote it is. I mean, you're in the middle of a freaking ocean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, in, in a very different way than, than even, you know, like Hawaii or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I was going to say it's, the, it's a six-hour flight from Santiago, and then to get to the next yeah. island would be like Tahiti, and that's a five-hour flight. Wow. That's right, yeah. Okay. But yeah, when when I went, uh, it was 2010, I think. We rented bicycles and and just pedaled everywhere. So it was mm -hmm, cool to yeah. see everything. Yeah, and it's a beautiful island. And you know, there's something about the the moai that it's sort of uh, it's a, it's a quality that's really indescribable. You just kind of have to experience, and it, it, you're either going to look at it and say, oh, "Okay, it's a big stone head or something," or you're going to look at it and you're really going to sort of experience it and say wow mm -hmm. you know what really what is this I, I i'm convinced that we don't have anywhere near all the answers as to what was really going on within that uh no. that mm -hmm. society and within that uh, <clears throat> time period that those were created now haven't they gone in with the i don't know if they excavated one and found that it was actually the, an entire body that had been buried or I if it was ground-penetrating radar that they it, found that with. They, yeah, they excavated one. That was a, that was a it might have been a Nat Geo project, but uh, there, mm -hmm. there were some archaeologists who excavated and found that, yeah, it was, was indeed an entire uh, body that was all the yeah. way mm -hmm. down in the earth, yeah, an entire statue. Yeah. I wonder if they found anything else, like any any answers or any clues or anything like that that would be something to look into just more questions I think. Yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because it was just on that one hill i think where they had the like 30 foot tall moai on the other parts of the island it's pretty much they're just standing on rock platforms oh okay yeah yeah because they carved them out and they put them up on these bases uh so sometimes if you look at the pictures you'll see you know, some of them are standing in a line, you know, where there's right. a stone base that's built, and they're lined up and so forth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Completely. 
but I'm going to switch gears and talk about haunted stuff and ghosts. The ghosts. Though, David, when when the new book comes out, I have to rebook you so we can do a special deep dive because there's not a lot of information about Alaskan cryptids and stuff out there. But on this, I have many questions for you about the Haunted series because we've got, and I've got them right here, we've got Haunted Ships and Lighthouses, We've got haunted toys. We've got oh jeez, I got my whole lit. Let me pull out my books here. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, you got some planned, and that's really the ones I wanted to talk about. There's like haunted amusement parks on the docket. Haunted sex, dirty, dirty. Uh, I think there's a haunted <laughs> underground churches. or something like yep. that to do with. But mm-hmm. so what's the what's the ETA on the next haunted book? Because I'm gonna oh, go there because I, I, I collect these. You know. Who's going to get a lot of grief? Oh, <laughs> is it one of your collaborators? I'm putting, I'm putting June in charge. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Hopefully oh, that's going to be out soon. <laughs> Good. Would it be churches next or would it be amusement parks? Which one's next? Yeah, so, so next up is um, haunted churches. Okay. And uh, Sounds I, I really can get cool. a I can get a little <laughs> dig in here and say that my portion of the book <laughs> has been written for some time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I won't go into them too much simply because uh, it, it, they're not out there yet for people to purchase. Yep. But uh, tentatively, uh, well, we've got, I just spoke to Ross recently, so uh, we're expecting haunted churches. Uh, probably early spring. That's the next one up. Okay. And then the next one after that will actually be uh, Haunted Hotels, the Pacific um, edition of okay. that. And then, uh, yeah, we, we've got the other ones. We've got the other ones lined up. We've got uh, a good, you know, a good uh, toy outline and everything of what we're doing. So we've got uh, Haunted Amusement parks, which is one that I really wanted to do. I think oh, that's yeah. kind of fascinating. Yeah, that's the one um, I'd like to do some investigations. Uh, yeah, in, uh, I'm totally Jonesing the... for that. <laughs> yes, me too. Haunted sex—that's all Ross's fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and then we've we've also got haunted underground, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, various underground locations, obviously that are haunted. It's kind of covers a lot. We have to narrow it down some, but oh, I bet. Uh, those will be the next ones, and um, which order they're, they're coming out in, I'm not completely positive. But okay. for those who are interested in the series, you can indeed pick up Haunted Toys and Haunted Ships and Lighthouses. Yes. Yes. I and, love the Haunted Ships and Lighthouses and then one. You I have, think the best so far. Yes. And you just had Haunted Dolls come out, too, not too long ago. Right. A few the months ago, companions. several months yeah, ago. Yeah, the Eerie Companions. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I did a book uh, called Eerie Companions, and that was something that I had uh, intended to do for quite some time. And then I, I put it off for a while because Ross and I did the the Haunted Toys book, which has a bunch of the, a bunch of dolls in it. But Eerie Companions really dives pretty deep into the whole topic of haunted dolls, not just in terms of like the famous haunted dolls, you know, Robert. Annabelle, right? Uh, our, our friend Mr. Creepy and, and <laughs> yes. uh, dolls like that, but it also goes pretty deep into 
the uh, history of dolls and how they play into various uh, magic and uh, magical traditions, uh, rituals, and sort of why we evolved to this idea of dolls being haunted. And of course, I explore some of the, the various theories as to how dolls uh, can become haunted. And then I, I even go the last portion of the book. I don't know if any of you guys have read the book or not, but the last portion of it also goes into uh, creepy dolls in the movies and how much that's evolved, you know, sort of hand in hand with this whole rise in the interest of haunted dolls over the years. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big interest in haunted dolls. Yeah. I mean, I love a haunted object. That's the whole, that's one of my bags. I love, <laughs> I love. Uh, David, have you been to that island of haunted dolls or, or doll in island? Mexico? Or... <laughs> right. I, I Thank have you. been there, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, well. you go back? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no so attachments. What did you feel when you were there? <laughs> yeah, I go back. I, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of dolls though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, for somebody who has that phobia, I can only imagine. <laughs> I think they're creepy, but uh, phobia would yeah. be too strong for what I feel about them. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was going to yeah, say. So the, the trick now is that, you know, after it, it, it's appeared on several television shows in the ensuing years because, uh, of course, Ghost Adventures did it. Uh, Anthony Bourdain went there. Hmm. Um I didn't know that. The, in Destination uh, Truth. Gates, right? uh, Gates' show, yeah. John, John oh, Gates, yeah. Destination Truth. So and there's been a few shows that went there. And in the aftermath of that, uh, <laughs> some of the locals got wise to the idea that they could make a buck off of taking people to <laughs> the <laughs> island of the dolls, even though they didn't want to go to the island of the dolls themselves. So uh, there are at least a couple of phony islands of the dolls oh there, no oh uh, wow industrious um uh, boat operators have been putting together you know by just by throwing dolls all over this you know <laughs> little island somewhere but it, it doesn't have the same effect i'm sure at all right. <laughs> so, you know, the, the other you know the island the island of the dolls itself the real one uh, now it, it's uh it, it would certainly be creepy for a lot of people uh, it is, at the very least, it is an incredibly surreal experience because there are all these dolls that, um, you know, this, this dates back pretty far because the, the gentleman who sort of started the tradition, uh, his name was Don Julian uh, Santana. And this was around 1950 that this guy went to that island. Now, this is this is a normal sort of, you know, probably middle-class um, Mexican man with a wife and kids. And sometime, at some point, he just up and leaves. No one knows why. Hmm. He, he leaves his family, and he goes to this island. And he starts living on this island, has as sort of a hermit because no one else on the island and he goes into the local town and has to take a boat obviously uh, it's, the island is deep in the canal system uh, of Mexico City and 
he would show up in town with uh, fruits and things that he'd grown on his island or whatever to trade and to barter for other things he needed, and he started taking dolls as part of what he was trading for. Obviously, people thought, well, this is a little bit odd, but... <laughs> Whatever floats his boat. Yeah. Probably better not to know. And, uh, you know, he, he started collecting dolls. And then it got so strange because they, it got to the point where he would, he would be seen uh, digging through the refuse and taking doll pieces that had been discarded. You know, here's a, here's a head. You know, here's just an arm. You know, all these different pieces. A- anything like that he would take. And, the, the story that grew up around this was that a little girl had drowned um, in the shallows of this island, and her spirit was on the island and sort of taunted him. And the only way he could keep her appeased was by giving her offerings, uh, the primary thing being dolls. So if you can imagine from roughly the 1950s, this guy starts putting dolls everywhere on this island. Wow. He's putting them... Uh, in in the trees, he's wiring them up to things. There's you know there's uh, this ramshackle building on the island that he's covered in dolls inside and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're you know they're they're propped up on the ground against trees. So what you get when you go there is this very surreal uh, landscape that you're walking through, where oh, here's a tree that's grown around. Obviously, there was a doll there. Now all you see is, you know, an eye and part of the face. <laughs> oh, my God. Roots, <laughs> you know. Oh, my. Oh, here's, here's a broken doll that's hanging upside down in a tree. Oh, look, there's a big spider living in it that just came out <laughs> to say hi. Uh, <laughs> this yes. is what you get when you walk across, you know, when you walk over this island. You know, there are all these bizarre to see because of how this is it's sort of oh it's almost like a living piece of art or something i guess in a way obviously a very bent kind of strange take on it but this is what he's created and <laughs> you know it's uh yeah you just can't make this stuff up no. uh, the weird <laughs> thing of course is that at some point um I don't remember the year off the top of my head, but long and short is it Don, uh, uh, Don Julian lived there for a long time, and eventually uh, the townspeople realized, hey, you know, we haven't seen the crazy doll guy come into town lately. Uh, maybe you want to go check on him. And they did. They found him laying face down in the water in the same location where the girl purportedly drowned. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So some people think that he still, that he haunts the island, that he remained there. Uh, The legend is that if you go to the island, that you need to take uh, a a toy, preferably a doll, and uh, some candy and and some candles and put it out as an offering Mm -hmm. when you go to the island to, to help you know, appease those spirits or whatever. So, uh, again, it's it's a fascinating place. And you talk about, you know, obviously not mystical in the sense we talked about with Easter Island, but that is certainly one of the memorable places. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. And how do you know if you're getting to the right island? It'd probably be good to speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Just to communicate a little better. (laughs) Well, the problem is, you know, there's a lot of these. uh, Ironically, I've been on a lot of weird islands around the world. And what's kind of consistent is very frequently the the locals want nothing to do with the island. (laughs) And then they'll look at you like, you want to go to what? <laughs> why? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, why? why? So, you know, back when I went there, of course, there was only one. And, you know, the guys are all shaking their heads. And, like, no, no, no. and has this typical, you know, they took me just close enough that I could, you know, jump out in, in knee deep water or whatever and wait up the rest of the way and, and get there. But uh, Just hope they pick you up you the know. next day. The next, uh, after you a while. Come, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you hope they come back, or you might be, you know. <laughs> oh God, that'd be <laughs> yeah, awful. Living on, living on island food and talking to the dolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that'd be awful. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm just thinking about it. I just keep thinking about it and think, you know, you really have to trust that they're going to come back and pick you up. That, that's really, yeah, that would be hard for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid. That's why you don't pay them until they come back and get you and have you back on in the. Can building. you do your half and half? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the, the trick is, yeah, the trick is you offer them more money when they come back, and that's you know to come back, and you hope that that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. You don't pay them. You don't pay them round trip up front. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're running out of time here. So, David, I got a question for you, and this is with your writing process. And how do you go about vetting your ideas for your books? And then the other thing is, how do you choose your collaborators? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't collaborated with too many people that, uh, that are in print at this point. Ross and I uh, just kind of hit it off when I went up and did a, a tour in Seattle. And mm-hmm. um, Well, your writing styles are... Kinda, are really close too and it's it's not you know jarring at all when read your stories read your stories and read his stories Mm -hmm. sometimes i have to you know wonder you know who which one of you did this story and and uh (laughs) you know which is really good you know it's just like oh gel you gels really well yeah yeah um as you see i mean most of the stuff that i i I produce most of the stuff comes out is a solo of mine and um, as far as the process, I, I really kind of uh, found my mojo, I think, this past year because I, I, can, I can write pretty steadily now and I, I can, uh, can write pretty quickly at this point. It's, it's funny. I don't know if you guys remember who uh, Philip Copens was. He was on Ancient Aliens. Uh, he wrote a bunch of books about the Templars. Um, various uh ancient mysteries and, and things like that he he was a friend of mine and we had a discussion at one point about the writing process and, and philip had gotten to the point where he could write anywhere and he you know he could just open his laptop and just start writing wow and uh he sort of <clears throat> challenged me to do that and it, it, it took a while for me to really kind of find that groove but uh yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I, I think I found my voice with it. And, you know, fortunately, people have responded really well. I mean, the, 
I've been researching and investigating this stuff since the 70s. So, you know, the, the filing cabinet of my mind has so much of this stuff mm-hmm. in there that, you know, I'm finally in, in finding a way to get a lot of the material out there. And people are responding. I, the Erie Companions has gotten great response from people because of how in-depth it goes. Yeah. The, the State Cryptid series has proven very popular. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just keep going and, and lots of stuff coming this year, too. Okay, perfect. Okay. So exciting. The, yeah, the reason I had asked is I saw, like, in some cases, wood knocks. I guess you have you have anthologies. I wasn't sure if it was, um, you know, yeah, if, those, if so you selected knocks, the partner yeah. writers or if, like, a separate editor just assembled it. Yeah, so wood knocks was an idea that I came up with back in, oh, uh, 20, 2012, 2014, somewhere in there. And it was uh, just to do a, a journal. Is you know, it's, it's, The subtitle is A Journal of Sasquatch mm-hmm. Research. And the idea was to give an outlet for uh, pieces that maybe weren't extensive enough for an entire book but were still interesting to get out there. And you know, I'm blessed to know a lot of people in the field. And, and when I came up with the first Woodnock idea, I just kind of you know, sat and called a bunch of people one night and said, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing a piece if I did this? And, uh, you know, got an incredible lineup for the, the first volume. And, again, it was something else that people loved. Uh, you know, they, the series has done really well. And that's actually volume four of that is coming out this spring. It's in editing now okay, uh, with a, a, a bunch of different contributors. And, uh, yeah, it's not really so much co-authored. You, you can pick one of those up and you're going to get, you know, uh, seven or eight different styles of writing right. uh, mm-hmm. because it's that journal format. It, it mm-hmm. kind of works in that way. Okay. And you said that will come out in the spring, so we're thinking April, May. Yes. Okay. Or would not, yeah. Okay. Ho- hopefully, hopefully March is what I'm targeting, actually, for that one. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's, it's been it's been finished a little bit, uh, but we've just had, you know, the holidays kind of slowed things down. and. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Alaskan, the Alaskan book was in line before that, which was, mm-hmm. um, which is so. ETA about January fifteenth. You said, yeah, around that time. Okay, I'll nice. be throwing it up on my my Erie Lights page on Facebook, and of course the website, which is erielights.com, will have an announcement once it's available. And you can see the cover on there too. It's yeah, a, is that an, an otter man? cover by Sam Sharon. That is a Kushtaka. Yes, indeed. A, a land otter man, which okay. is one of the weirdest cryptids in all. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> really awesome. So we've dropped links to eerielights.com and to your Amazon authors page so everyone can buy there directly as well. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think the last book that you had published was, and we did get a chance to talk about it, unless we can go over a little bit, Wendy. But uh, we didn't talk. I think the last book you had was Paranormal Files. West Virginia was the last one published. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's another that's another anthology too. And that uh, there's a whole story with how that came about, but I, I, I won't go into that. But the the book is uh, specifically on West on hauntings in West Virginia, and there are three sections in that book. Uh, I did. About a third of the book, maybe just over on specifically on Harpers Ferry, okay, uh, which is a, a very fascinating town that I spent a lot of time investigating. Uh, I would back in the really 90s like to go and there, at, and at yeah. various periods, 
Yeah, and then uh, Ross did a whole section on haunted colleges mm. in West Virginia. And uh, then we had Dave Spinks who did a, a section on um, Greenbrier County, uh, just hauntings in the county. And that book, that book's kind of, uh, there, there's a very special thing about that book. When it was originally conceived, I talked about it with a, a very dear friend of mine who was going to write a, a big section of the book, and that's Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Yeah. Uh, Rosemary and I were very close and known each other a lot of years, and uh, she uh, she had to, to bail out of doing it because she got so sick. And, oh, darn. you know, that was really kind of, uh, uh, that was pretty gut-wrenching. And in, uh, in the end, we ended up, uh, each of us wrote a tribute to her that's in the back of that book. So the, the book is, uh, you know, more or less dedicated to her and it's sort of a tribute to her. Because she, she wrote quite a, bit, quite a bit about West Virginia over the years to a storybook about West Virginia. She did a, a couple of other things, and she had a whole whole bunch of cases that she had worked on that she hadn't written about, nobody had seen, and those were going to be in the book. But uh, unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I have quite a few of her books, from the Gin to uh, Protection from Dark Entities to. The mm -hmm. essential encyclopedia encyclopedia of ghosts and spirits. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, that brings us to tonight's show, David. Um, thank yes, you for being thank on. Thank you so much we, for joining us. We've got links really to yeah, we've got links to Eerie Lights and his Amazon page. Monsters of the Last Frontier comes out mid-January. Uh, the next volume of Woodnox, March or April, somewhere in there as well. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Paranormal Files West Virginia, his last published book, and you can get to that through Eerie Lights as well as Amazon. Um, any parting words, Wendy? Um, join us next Wednesday when we will be talking with a group of witchy-type ladies, uh, about the oh, the witches uh, the witches cauldron gathering they're mm -hmm. up in uh, they're up in Iowa and all very very nice ladies I'm glad I got to know them Jerry if you're still listening uh, she is she will be on with us and it's awesome. gonna be a fun time how fun mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna try spells out on Jake yeah, <laughs> he, he's gonna uh, be our guinea pig. Okay, I'll just have some obsidian ready. <laughs> I need my protective stones, maybe some onyx. I might be bathing in salt, and I have a big pit bull. Okay, put yourself in the salt circle. Yep. Yeah, Fine. yeah, with my pit bull. Well, uh, <laughs> David, what would you suggest for him to uh, some a good protection, like a circle, perhaps, and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be a good weekend to zip up to Vancouver or something. Uh, Stay away from these people. Yeah, might be, might be. <laughs> oh, Jerry's talking smack in the chat room, Jake. You better watch out. <laughs> okay, um, I, I've got my book on hoodoo. I'll pull out my hoodoo book. Oh, and... there you go. <laughs> 
Maybe I can counter? I don't know. Uh, June, do you have any parting words that doesn't involve me being skewered by black magic? <laughs> you take the fun out of everything, June. No, dude, I'm totally down for it and stuff. It's just I'm not sure how I'm going to record this. <laughs> just, I just hope everyone has an amazing week. And, uh, you know, just keep putting out some positive energy because there's a lot of crap going on in this world right now. So, mm. yep. Lots yep. of positiveness. True. And check our uh, ghost.org page out if you get a chance to for and mysticmooncafe.com. Yes. Um, yes, a ghost does have its new members meeting on Sunday at 3.30 no, that in is Merchant's a regular. Cafe. That's a regular meeting on it's Sunday. Reg- oh, my bad. Well, they can show up anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, anybody yeah. can show up. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Cheese curds. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fried. Yeah. Dill mustard. Mm. Uh, so tonight's outro music, I have a reinterpretation of a Depeche Mode classic for us. Ooh, awesome. So with that, everyone, have a good night. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Have a good week. Like violence, break the silence. Come crashing in into my little world. Painful to me, pierce right through me. Can't you understand? Oh, my little girl, all I ever wanted, all I ever needed is here in my arms. Words are very unnecessary. Trivial pleasures remain, so does the pain.